listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. There there are certain things, you know, one of the things that, that the devil tries to do is that the devil tries to use small things to destroy big things. He tries to use small things to destroy big things. And that's why I want you to start today by putting that in the comments section. The devil uses small things to try to destroy big things. And so what God has prepared and planned for your life, your future, your purpose, God doesn't have anything small planned for you. That's not how God operates. God doesn't want to do small things in your life. He doesn't want to do small things in your ministry, your business, your family. He doesn't do, God doesn't do small things. How do I know that? I know it because the Bible says that God is a God who wants all the honor, all the glory, and all the praise. He'll share his glory with no man. The Bible says he's a jealous God who wants all the glory, all the honor, all the praise. So think about it logically. If God did something small in your life, something small that could be explained away by natural man, they could say, well, you know, he just got some help from a family or that's just his that's that's just his job blessing him or, you know, maybe he got a tax return or whatever they may say. Oh, he's got a few connections behind the scenes. She's got this. If, if people can explain away what God does in your life, he doesn't get the glory for it. God wants the glory for what he does. So when God moves, he moves in such a way that he gets glory for what he does. When God moves... He moves in such a way that he gets the glory for what he does. That's important to know. God gets the glory. Let me give you an example of what I mean in the scripture. Uh, In John chapter 11, we know the story. That's it. Keep writing it. The devil uses small things to destroy big things. In John chapter 11, we have the story of Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. But when you read the story... You know, he, um, he, he knew that Lazarus was sick unto death because he'd been told by a messenger, your friend Lazarus is sick unto death. And then he gets the message that Lazarus has died. And so instead of going immediately to see his friend, and it was his friend, uh, he stayed where he was, the Bible says. And the disciples and Christ, they stayed where they were And the disciples were a little bit confused about it. But notice this, Jesus didn't run right over there to start doing it. What what did he do? He stayed where he was. I remember when I was in Bible school, I drove up to hear Pastor Mike Perkey preach in Lenexa, Kansas. He preached a message that I'll never forget. It was called, Jesus is always looking for a situation to provide revelation. Jesus is always looking for a situation to provide revelation. He was providing revelation of who he was, the resurrection and the life. But because there were religious people there, if you ever heard this preached on, you may have heard this, that there there were religious people there that uh, believed that if you could do enough mourning, if you could do enough religious ritual, that for three days, the spirit hovered over the body and you could call the spirit back into the body. Thus, the belief system was formed that nobody was truly dead unless they'd been dead three days. Makes sense now to you, doesn't it? 
So Jesus, not wanting to share his glory with any man, stayed where he was until, guess what? He shows up and Lazarus has been dead for four days, four days. And so if he had showed up, see here, think about this. What if Jesus had gone right at the time when, when Lazarus had died and all those religious people were there and Jesus raised him from the dead? Uh, and they said, well, you know, that wasn't really Christ doing that. You know, we were all able to do enough of these religious rituals. Come back. Who gets the glory? And so Jesus waits and stays where he is, not because he doesn't love Lazarus and not because he was too far away. He was literally about two miles away from where Lazarus was, two miles away, a little bit less than two miles. So I want you to think about this. He stayed where he was on purpose, stayed where he was on purpose. And then when he shows up to where Lazarus is, he's already in the tomb. The stone's already rolled in front of the grave. And his family even says he's been dead long enough now. He's uh, decomposing and he stinks. You're, You're too late. You're too late. And I love what Jesus said. Don't you believe your brother's going to rise again? And she said, well, of course, you know, in the resurrection, my brother. And he, and, and he had to correct her thinking. He had to correct Lazarus' sister's theology. He said, because you you think, you think that the resurrection is a day on the calendar. See, this is the mistake that she was making. You think resurrection's a day? No, no, no. The resurrection is a man, not a day. He said, I am the resurrection and I am the life. Think about it. Even on the last day when Jesus comes back to rapture his church, even then, it, the, the dead are not going to rise, the, the dead in Christ, they're not going to rise out of their graves because a certain day on the calendar. You know, we know that Jesus always fulfills prophecy. God always fulfills prophecy on the feast days that he chose. But the reason the dead will rise, he'll come back during a time. On a, on a feast day, as he's done in the in the spring, the four times, and the three in the fall will be done in the uh, on a feast day. But that that's that's not why the dead will rise. The dead will rise because the resurrection, who is a man, has come back to the earth. That's why the dead will rise, because Jesus is the resurrection and he is the life. So when the trumpet sounds, the resurrection is coming back to earth. When the trumpet sounds, the resurrection is coming back. The same man who stood in front of Lazarus' tomb and told his sister, I am the resurrection, I am the life. He will come back, uh, the Bible says, and in the twinkling of an eye, catch us away. And why will the dead get up? Because the resurrection came back. And so he waited to stand in front of the tomb. He waited to give the command, Lazarus, come forth until he was the only hope for Lazarus. Why? So that when he worked that miracle, Jesus and his father were the only ones who could get the glory, who could get the honor, and who could get the praise for what just took place. And so when God moves for you, the same is true. That's why I quote to you Proverbs 4.18 so often so it gets down in your spirit. The path of the just is a shining light that shines brighter and brighter until full day, the Bible says in the ESV. Listen to this. It says, but the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter until full day. So I want you to hear this today. Your path is to get brighter and brighter and brighter 
every day better than the last, every month better. Than, we're getting ready to cross over into April. Guess what? April's going to be a better month than March was. May will be a better month than April was. June, and it'll continue to get better like that. 2020 will be better than 2019 was. 2021, should the Lord tarry, will be better than 2020 was. Thank you, Tammy, for sowing a seed. Appreciate you. So I want you to hear me. Your path doesn't get darker and darker. Your path gets brighter and brighter, brighter and brighter. God's plan for you is not a small plan. It's not something that looks insignificant. It's not something that people can sweep under the rug. It's not something that people can easily explain away. When God blesses you, he will bless you in such a way it'll make the devil's head spin. People with an anti, that's why the Bible, let me just, let me read this to you because I feel like encouraging you on this subject for just a moment before I talk to you about these. Psalm 112, listen to this. Psalm 112, let me read you the first three verses and then I'll read you the last verse. Listen, praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord. Thank you, Jackie, for sowing. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord. The Bible says, who greatly delights in his commandments. His offspring will be mighty in the land. Thank you, Jesus. His offspring, that's your children and your grandchildren. They will be mighty. They won't be like other people's kids. They won't look like other people's kids. My kids, Psalm 112, my children won't look like other people's children. They will not experience the same things as other kids that that are out there in the world. They'll not go through the same junk that other kids have to go through. They'll not have to deal with the same issues in their physical body that other kids have to go through. They'll not deal with the same hurt or the same things in their mind. They'll not deal with depression like other kids. They'll not deal with anxiety like other kids. My kids will be mighty in the land. That's why we're raising up uh, Miracle Word kids. Strong, smart, set apart. Strong, smart, set apart. That's your kids. Your kids will be different. They won't look the same. They'll be different. They'll be different than the rest of this world. Why? Because the Bible says you fear the Lord. And you great you greatly delight in his commandments. And when you do that, the Bible says your offspring will be mighty in the land. Hallelujah. Let me tell you, with churches all closed and everything, and I understand many have done it around the nation, I took all my kids and my wife out onto the back lanai yesterday on Sunday, and we opened up the Bible. I got communion ready, and we opened up the Bible. I sat all my kids down. My wife sat down. We were on the couch in the back. And I opened my Bible. I don't have to wait to, you know, go to attend an actual church building. I sat in my house and I preached to my children and I preached to my wife because my family will be mighty. My family will be mighty. And we opened it up. I preached to them from uh, the Last Supper in the Gospels. I preached to them from 1 Corinthians 11, where Paul gave communion, what it means. And I made sure my son knew and I made sure my daughters knew. I didn't sit there and just preach. I asked them, do you know what this means? You're holding this bread in your hand. Do you know what that bread means? I I wanted to make sure Teddy at three years old understood. Yes, what does it mean? Jesus died on the cross and we break it. What does the breaking mean? His body was broken for us. What does that mean? It means we can be healed. means that we can be delivered. means we can be saved. Yes. And so we understand what the body of Christ means. And I sat there and preached to my family. And teach, and I sit there and teach my family. And then we take the juice. What does this mean? This is the blood of the covenant. 
This is Jesus' blood that was shed for you and for me. And so sitting there, understanding that I will impart to my own children. I will impart the word of God to them. I'll impart understanding to them. I'll show them and teach them how to be blessed. I don't have to depend on somebody else. I shouldn't depend on somebody else to teach my family to be blessed. It should come from the head of the home. And so my offspring will be mighty in the land, and so will yours in Jesus' name. They'll not look like everybody else, and neither will you. The Bible says the offspring will be mighty in the land, and the generation of the upright will be blessed. Not might be blessed. They will be blessed. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Hey, Cassidy, love you and JC. Will be blessed. It's not, it's not a maybe. If you're connected in covenant to God and greatly delight in obeying his commandments, guess what? You will be blessed. You will be blessed. And I don't care who thinks you shouldn't be or tries to keep you from being blessed. You will be blessed in Jesus' name. You will be blessed. Look at verse three. Wealth and riches will be in his house and his righteousness endures forever. Wealth and riches. That doesn't mean spiritual wealth and spiritual riches. It's actually talking about wealth and riches that can be seen by others. And I'll show you that in a minute. But I want you to write it in the comments right now. Wealth and riches will be in my house. Put it in the comments. Wealth and riches will be in my house. In Jesus' name. Because I obey his commands, I live according to the covenant, and as a result, wealth and riches will be in my house. Will be. Will be. Put it in the comments. They will be in my house. Wealth and riches. And that makes people angry they hear that kind of a message. They think that that's a very uh, selfish style of Christianity, but they don't even understand that there's nothing you can do for the Lord that makes any kind of an impact at all unless the overflows on your house. How can you even do the basic things that God's asked you to do? How can you even tithe or give offerings, let alone bless the poor and do philanthropic work around the world? How forget forget orphanages and forget forget widows and for you know forget all of that. Just think, think of the basics, tithing and giving. How can you even do that if you don't have more than enough to pay, just pay your bills and scrape by? See, people don't even think. It is the overflow that we have in covenant that makes us impactful on the earth. And it's not wrong to walk in overflow. Wealth and riches will be in your house. Wealth and riches will be in your house. That's natural wealth and riches. And anybody that has an issue with that has not read through the Bible. Because in the scripture, Old and New Testament, God blessed his children. Did you know the Bible says that in the early church that they lacked nothing? In the book of Acts, the early church lacked nothing. Everything they had, everything. They literally had every, there was no needs. There were no needs among the early church, none. For they sold the things that they had, properties, lands, laid the money at the apostles' feet and it was distributed and every need was met. There were no needs. And they made an impact on the earth by the power of God. Overflow belongs to you. Wealth and riches are in your house, and the Bible says your righteousness will endure forever. You shall overflow because of your obedience. 
And that is your promise as a believer. God wants to do big things in you, not small things. Wants to do big things in your family, not small things. Big things in your ministry, not small things. Big things in your business, not small things. You will abound. You will overflow. Wealth and riches will be in your house in Jesus' name. And just to show you that it's not just some kind of spiritual wealth or spiritual riches, look at verse 10 of of Psalm 112. The wicked man sees it and is angry. He gnashes his teeth and melts away. And the desire of the wicked will perish. So if it was just spiritual wealth, you know, he's very spiritually wealthy, brother. He's just, if that's all it was, how could the wicked man see it and become angry? The wicked, the wicked man can't see your spirit, man. Think about it. The wicked man can't see your spirit, man. That's internal. Spiritual wealth is, it, is internal. The wicked can't see your spirit. Can't see how uh, you know fortified your spirit man is. Can't see how built up and edified your spirit. It's a wicked man can't see that. What is the wicked man looking at? Your blessing. He's looking at the wealth and the riches that are in your house. He's looking at the hand of God that is upon your house that's caused you to abound and overflow in all good things. And the Bible says that the wicked will see that. They will see that thing happening in your life and get angry about it. And they should get angry because they've got an antichrist spirit and an antichrist spirit hates anything that has to do with the spirit of Christ or the spirit of God, because God's the one that's blessed you. God is the one that's lifted you up. And so of course they're going to get angry. It's funny to me how there's this belief system in the world that only wicked people should be blessed. Only sinners should be blessed. You know, it makes me, makes me uh, laugh. I love Pastor Dave Rogers. He said, if it wasn't for overflow in the church, churches Paul visited, they'd never been able to help the Jerusalem church in its time of trouble. Praise God for, that's exactly right. It always makes me laugh when you've got wicked people that think only wicked people should be blessed. Not Christians. Christians should be poor. Christians should be poor. That's, that's exactly, it's very interesting to me that somehow becoming a Christian automatically uh, earmarks you for poverty. (laughs) I want you to understand something. I'm not a Catholic priest and neither are you. So nobody that's a Christian is required to take a vow of poverty. You're not a Catholic priest and neither am I. And I, I, I've there, I'm not taking, and no one is expected by God or Christ to take a vow of poverty as a believer. What a slap in the face to Jesus who actually became poor that through his poverty, he could make you rich, the Bible says. Look that word up in the Greek. It's the word pluteo, pluteo. It doesn't mean spiritually rich, once again. It means actual wealth and riches. Amen. He supplies you. You know, when when Paul told the Philippian church that my God will supply all your needs according to his riches, he wasn't talking about their spiritual needs. They gave actual offerings and they were going to get an actual harvest. When God blesses you, he will bless you even in the natural realm abundantly, abundantly. I'm not a Catholic priest and neither are you. I'm not taking a vow of poverty. I have actually taken a vow of prosperity. 
That's what the covenant is. I have vowed to obey God's word. I vowed to stay in uh, covenant and connection with Christ. And because I have, then guess what? That is a vow of prosperity. Because when you connect yourself to Christ, when you connect yourself to God, he's the God that brings you into the overflow. So if you have vowed to give your life to him, and if you have vowed to be in connection and covenant with him, then you've taken a vow of prosperity. Absolutely. And so I want you to, uh, I want you to put that in the comments. There's my friend, Glenn Karam. Love you. Put it in the comments. I've taken a vow of prosperity. I have taken a vow of prosperity. My life and your life should be filled with the goodness of God because of our obedience to the covenant. It should be filled with the goodness of God to the point like in Isaac's life that the wicked people, that was the Philistines back then, there are still wicked people today, antichrist agenda people. As it says in Psalm 112, they should see, they should clearly see the blessing on your life and become envious of you. Absolutely they should. Absolutely they should. They should be able to see the blessing of God upon your life doesn't mean that we worship things or that we have a love of money or that we're greedy. That means nothing. It means none of those things. See, the average uh, critic is not smart enough to understand that you can have things without loving them. You can have possessions without loving them. Didn't Jesus have possessions? Yes, he did. He had enough money that he required a treasurer, which was Judas, that held the money bag. He had enough money that he required a treasurer that kept the money bag. And the Bible says that that treasurer, Judas, often stole from the money bag and they still lacked nothing. Jesus had overflow. He had excess. He had people. You know how I know that what Jesus' mindset was like? When a woman showed up in a house and broke open a bottle of perfume that the Bible says was worth a year's wages, a year's wages, he didn't even flinch, did not even flinch. It was the religious people that said that could have been sold and the money given to the poor. It's not either or. Remember this. It's never either or. I can see where the Holy Spirit's going with this broadcast, so we're not going to get on to the other thing. So I'm just going to keep teaching this. Tomorrow, I'll talk about the other thing. But let me just tell you something. It's not either or. Let me explain what I mean by that. People that don't understand how God operates, they always think that there's a limited supply. That's how people are. They, they Even Christians I'm talking about, they negate the fact that God's a creator. They, that, that thinking, that thought process uh, uh, negates that. Well, there's only a limited, so, you know, so people think you shouldn't be blessed because there are people who aren't blessed. That's, that's the thought process of many people. How could you have so much when there's others in the world that don't have anything? Well, how am I going to bless them if I don't have anything? Not to mention, let me just give you a heads up on something. If today every bit of wealth in the earth was equally distributed today in one week, we'd have broke people again and billionaires again. In one week, you would have extremely rich people again and you'd have extremely poor people again because it's not by accident that these things happen. It's not by accident. And so that whole thought, God's, God's not a socialist. 
God is not for an equal distribution of wealth. If you read Matthew chapter 25, you'll learn what, what the master is like. The Bible says he had three servants and he was getting ready to go on a trip. He gave one servant five talents, gave one two talents, and gave the other one one talent. What was that based on? Their previous faithfulness. Even that part was based on their previous faithfulness and dedication. So he gave his three servants three different levels of talents, five, two, and one, and then went on a trip. And when he came back, what happened? The first servant had invested the five, and now he had 10. The second servant had invested the two, and now he had four. And then the final servant said, I know you are a hard master that reaps where you don't sow. So I just buried your money in the ground and here's your money back. And you know what God said? You wicked servant, you wicked servant. If you knew that about me, you should have at least invested it in the bank and got me interest on what I gave you. He said, you wicked servant. Then he took the money. Think about this. He took the money from the, from the wicked servant who had one talent. And what did he do with it? What did God do? Or what did the master of the parable do? He gave it to the one who had 10. And you know what he said? To him that has, more will be given. But to him that doesn't have, even what he does have will be taken away. And what did he command to be done with the servant? He said, cast him into outer darkness where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. So that shows you that God views maintenance mode as wickedness. God's not calling you to just maintain where you're at. He's calling you to increase. God is calling you to increase. And he took the one and gave it to the one who had 10. You know what a socialist would say? Well, that's unfair. The 10, the one with 10 already had 10. You should at least give it to the one who has four. No, that's not how God works. He blesses those that are faithful to step out and work, work the increase covenant principle that he's given it to them, that he's given to them. That's it. I take it in the comments. I've taken a vow of prosperity. That's exactly right. God blesses. And that's Bible, by the way, to him that has more will be given. To him that has, so understand, that's it. Taking a vow of divine health as well from 1 Peter 2.24. I agree with you 100 million percent. I've taken a vow of health. I've taken a vow of prosperity. I am a covenant child of God. He's calling us to increase. He's not calling us to decrease and for our path to get darker and darker and worse and worse. He's calling us to go higher because of his power and his glory. He has a purpose for you and a purpose for me. And the wicked should see it and get angry. You know what that means? Those that don't serve the Lord. Why should I have to sit back? Back in the day, maybe what, a decade ago, there was a show called MTV Cribs where we'd sit there and people have to sit there and watch other celebrities' homes they're living in. And, and you know, people are sitting there. They want to get in. Oh, man, look how awesome that house is. Look at the jewelry. Look at the cars. And I have to sit there and watch as a rapper that objectifies women and fills his, his songs with... Uh, you know, foul language and filthy things. I got to sit there and watch as they live in luxury. Meanwhile, Christians are expected to serve the most high God, the creator of heaven and earth, uh, the, the God of more than enough, El Shaddai, the many breasted one. I'm supposed to serve that God and be in covenant with him and scrape by and live in a tenement somewhere and go on food stamps and go get off brand cereal and wear shoes with no logos on them. Seriously, that's what you think the God that we serve does. You think that we serve a God of not enough? You think we serve a God that's not able to bring you overflow? You think that we serve a God that can't do for his children what the devil is doing for his children? 
That's a foolish position to take. I don't serve a God that cannot do for his children what the devil is already doing for his children. Now, I'm not saying that prosperity is all God does because obviously we know all of the devil's children, their eternity is hell. That's where they're headed for eternity and that is the ultimate punishment. But God did not say heaven was our only blessing. Heaven is not our only blessing. There are blessings on the earth. Healing is a blessing. Peace is a blessing. Joy is a blessing. Financial overflow is a blessing. And if it's so evil, let me ask you a question. If it's so evil, like all these people talk about that are critics of this message, even Christians, many of them Christians, because I've never met sinners that are upset about having more than enough. It's always Christians that are upset about it. So let me ask you a question. If it's really such a bad thing, if it's really such an issue, why did God, even in the Old Testament, why did God bless his faithful men with material wealth and riches? If God hates his children being blessed financially so much, why did he bless Abraham the way that he did? Why did he bless Isaac the way that he did? Why did he bless Jacob the way that he did? Why did he bless David the way that he did? Why did he bless uh, Solomon the way that he did? I mean, you go through the Old Testament. Why did God keep bringing his people into overflow? If, if God hates prosperity and he hates people having more than enough and he, he, he thinks, well, that, that'll just drag you out of covenant with me. If that's the case, why did he say this? Let me read you, read you some scriptures. He said, if you'll just obey my commands, I'll set you high above all the nations of the earth and all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you if you'll obey the voice of the Lord your God. And you'll be blessed in the city and blessed in the field, blessed in the fruit of your womb and in the fruit of your ground and the fruit of your cattle and the increase of your herds and the young of your flock. Your basket will be blessed. Your kneading bowl will be blessed. You'll be blessed when you come in and blessed when you go out. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before you. And they'll come against you in one way and flee before you in seven ways. The Lord will command the blessing on you in your barns and all that you undertake. He'll bless you in the land that your Lord your God has given you. He'll establish you as a people holy to himself as he's sworn to you if you'll keep his commandments. And all the peoples of the earth will see that you're called by the name of the Lord and they'll be afraid of you. And the Lord will make you abound in prosperity. He'll make you abound in prosperity in the fruit of your womb and in the fruit of your livestock and the fruit of your ground within the land that the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. He'll open to you his good treasury, the heavens, to give you rain to your land in the sea and to bless all the work of your hands and you'll lend to many nations and never borrow and the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. You'll go up and not down only if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God that I command you today being careful to do them. You hear that? That's Deuteronomy chapter 28, one through 14. Deuteronomy chapter 28, verses one through 14. If God is so against financial increase, and financial blessing for his children. Why was that the main promise that he gave his children if he said, if you'll just obey me, I'll make these things come upon you. Notice that verse 11, that's, that's heavy duty, man. Listen to that. And the Lord will make you abound in prosperity. He'll make you abound in prosperity. Not just be prosperous, abound in prosperity. It's one thing to be prosperous. It's another thing to abound in prosperity. That's excess. That is excess. I'll make you abound in prosperity. How? In the fruit of your womb and in the fruit of your livestock and in the fruit of your ground. 
The Lord will open his rich treasury to you and give you rain in your land in its season to bless all the work of your hands and you'll lend to many nations and you'll never borrow. How can you get to a place in life where all you do is lend and you never have to borrow? How do you get to that place? How can you get to a place where you never need a loan? All you do is give loans. You'd have to exceed the normal if that's where you want to be. And that was God's plan for his children, by the way. He said, you'll always lend to other nations and you'll never borrow. You'll never borrow. You can to this day, I mean, in case, unless you're just like not looking, you can to this day see an actual financial blessing on the Jewish people that are on the earth. You can still to this day see that, I mean, it makes me laugh because uh, I was even listening not long ago to, uh, and I've told this story on the broadcast before, but it, it bears repeating right here. I was listening to a comedian tell stories about how he moved to New York City at the same time that Jerry Seinfeld moved to New York City uh, to start stand-up comedy. And he said when he moved there, man, it was like it was the hardest thing to find an apartment. And he said especially an apartment that he could afford. And so he was going like month after month and he was trying to find an apartment to rent. And it was just like, you know, it was like nothing good to rent. He couldn't find anything. He said, so I ran back into Jerry Seinfeld like three months later after, after we'd moved to New York City. And he said, Jerry, man, I've been having the hardest time finding an apartment to rent. He, he said, how about you? Have, you? have you had a hard time finding an apartment to rent? And Jerry said, he said, Jerry Seinfeld just looked at him and said, Jews don't rent, we buy. <laughs> Which is, that encapsulates the whole thought right there. That even to this day, there is a blessing that you can see on the Jewish community. There is a blessing that you can see to this day. Why? Because God pronounced a blessing on them. They're his people. He pronounced a blessing on them. And I'm telling you, for us to think that we have to go through every struggle that unrighteous people have to go through. I mean, you talk about Jewish people that aren't even serving the Lord, and I'm talking Christianity. I'm not talking about Messianic Jews. I'm talking about just the Jewish population. There's a blessing that's clearly seen clearly seen on them. And it's because of that fact. And I want you to hear me today. God has a blessing for you. You, according to the apostle Paul, have been grafted into the family and are now spiritually Israel the sp- by the spirit of adoption. Read Romans chapter eight when, when the broadcast is done. By the spirit of adoption, you have been get- gathered into the family of God. And now those blessings that he promised to Israel have come upon your life. And in fact, I'll read it to you from Galatians chapter three. I had these, uh, I had all of these scriptures even read at my wedding because I wanted these confessions made over Carolyn and myself. Galatians chapter three, listen to this. The Bible says, and I'll start with uh, reading to you with uh, verse 13. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it's written, cursed is everyone who's hanged on a tree. So that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles so that we might receive the promised spirit through faith. Now go down to the 29th verse. And if you are Christ, if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring and heirs according to the promise. You see that? 
Paul is telling us by inspiration of the Holy Spirit that when you come into covenant with Jesus Christ, that God makes you an offspring of Abraham spiritually. Even if you weren't born Jewish, the Bible teaches that we are made the offspring of Abraham spiritually and now legal heirs according to the promise that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles through faith. So understand this. You are in that same line of blessing that I just read about from Deuteronomy 28. You are in the same line of blessing. And God has a plan to bless you in a big way, not a small way, in a big way that your children will never know what it feels like to taste lack and poverty. Your grandchildren will never know what it's like to go without even things that maybe you had to suffer through before you got saved or before anybody gave you this revelation of God's word. Maybe you grew up in a household that was not Christian and you grew up having to know lack and poverty and bankruptcy and food stamps and not enough and you know you, you were always scraping to get by. That might have been what you experienced, but it will not be what your children experience in the name of Jesus. It will not be what your grandchildren experience in the name of Jesus. You are the seed of Abraham and you are heirs according to the promise. And as a result, you shall abound in the blessings of God. If, as I read to you today, if you'll obey the covenant commands that God gives, you will abound, you will abound in the blessing of God. It has, yeah, exactly, Karen. Has nothing to do with luck, and there shall be no poverty. It is the power of God at work, sowing and reaping. That is a system that God himself instituted. And he said, and let me read it to you in case you've never heard this broken down before. In the eighth chapter of Genesis, I want you to hear this clearly. The Bible says in the 22nd verse, God makes God's making a covenant with Noah here. And he said, while the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease, shall not cease. So let me, let me just say this. If you're wondering if this is still working, just check to see if there's still a daytime and there's still a nighttime. If you're wondering if God's covenant of sowing and reaping still is in effect, just check and see if there's still a nighttime and a daytime. See if there's still, if you're, if you're wondering, go ahead and see, is there still a summer and a winter? Is there still cold and heat? If there are those things, then there's still seed time and harvest. It will not cease. The Bible says as long as the earth remains. If you want to know if seed time and harvest is still working, go to your front door, open it up, and look outside and see if the earth is still there. If the earth is still there, seed time and harvest is still in effect. It's a very simple principle. It will not cease as long as the earth remains. It's God's principle. It's not man's. We didn't create it, so we can't end it. God created it. The devil didn't create it, so he can't stop it. God created it, and he guards it. It is his system. That's why the Bible says, when I say he guards it, listen to what the Bible says in Galatians chapter 6, verse 7. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man sows, 
that will he also reap. So what does that mean? God shall not be mocked. It means he won't let his system be mocked. It's like, who do you think you are? You're going to, you're going to destroy God's system. You can't destroy his system. He won't be mocked. Whatsoever a man sows, that will he also reap. You think the devil carries power to go and stop or hinder God's system of sowing and reaping? He, he can't do that. He can't do that. I don't care how much Al Gore wants you to believe in global warming. Let me tell you something. There will still be winter and still be summer. There will still be cold and there will still be heat. Bible says so. And let me just go a step further and tell you, don't let people stir you up with this whole thing about we're going to destroy the earth because of you know pollution or garbage or we're going, to, we're going to destroy the earth because we don't use a paper straw or we're going to destroy the earth because we drive gas-powered vehicles that don't get enough miles to the gallon and we should all get electric cars. Don't let anybody deceive you that we're going to cut through the ozone and be destroyed by the rays of the sun and all this. Don't let anybody deceive you. Let me just give you a heads up. There is no human being Hear me. I don't care. There's no government. There is no nation that will destroy the earth. None. If you read the Bible, Bible prophecy tells us God reserves that right for himself. For he will destroy the earth with fire and rebuild a new heaven and a new earth. No man will destroy the earth. No government, no army. There's going to be no nuclear winter that destroys the earth. No nuclear holocaust that destroys the land. No pollution, no global warming, not because everybody didn't get an electric car. It has nothing to do with it. God is guarding his earth, and he is the one who said, as long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest will continue. Cold and heat will continue. Day and night will continue. Summer and winter will continue. Who's going to stop God's own system? Who thinks they're big enough to stop God's own system? And so I say that to encourage you because that means you will be blessed no matter what an antichrist spirit wants, no matter what an antichrist spirit says, you shall be blessed. And when God blesses you, God is not going to bless you in a small way. He wants to bless you in a large, unexplainable way where people look at it and can't put their finger on why you're blessed like that. I don't understand it. I don't understand it. That bugs me. It's like, you know, it's like that guy that was, uh, the, the guy that was ticked off. Yeah, I know, the sea turtles. The guy that was ticked off the other day that was jumped on the broadcast on Periscope. And he's all mad because I'm actually talking about increase in prosperity and actually giving people an opportunity. So he gets all mad. I'll find you and I'll find you and I'll put your house on the internet. Put my house on the internet. I've put my house on the internet. <laughs> I don't care. What do you think? I'm embarrassed of the prosperous blessing that I, that God has placed me in? You think that I'm embarrassed of what of the house God's given me? You think I'm embarrassed about the neighborhood I live in uh, because of what God's done in my life? That's foolish. That would be foolish. Never. Let me just let me help those of you that are listening. Never ever ever let somebody make you feel ashamed for the blessing of God that has been put upon your life by the hand of God, ever. Don't let them shame you because you have a blessing from the Lord, ever. 
because people don't even know. I mean, literally, it wouldn't matter if I bought it or if it was given to me. I have a watch. I have a whole thing full of watches, but I have I have one that I'll wear sometimes. And uh, literally, I've had people come to me and look at the watch saying, hmm, must be nice to have a watch like that. Because you know, it's, it's an expensive watch. Expensive watch. A very nice watch. And uh, <laughs> I just laugh because like I know that they think like, you know, like I should feel somehow ashamed as a preacher because I have such a nice watch that I'm wearing. And I said, well, you know, actually, well, the reason that I have this watch is because I was at a preacher's conference one time and somebody stepped up to me and said, the Lord really, you know, I want you to know I didn't have to, I didn't pay a dime for this watch. What if I did pay a dime for it? What if I paid $20,000 for it? What do you care? It's not your business. And I'm not going to be shamed about what I do with my own blessing by somebody that doesn't even have the revelation of God's own word or somebody with an antichrist spirit. Don't ever let someone make you feel guilty for the blessing of the hand of God that he's put on your life. It's ridiculous. I'll put your house on the internet. I'll put your cars on the internet. I'll t- I'll put where your children go to school on the internet. We've already done that. My kids are homeschooled. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy to me. What do you think? Did you th- do you think Abraham went around I mean <laughs> yeah exactly Andrew Rolexes are only reserved for rappers yeah exactly people wouldn't have an issue with it if I had like um you know um music videos out with like girls in booty shorts you know and objectifying the women in the videos people would you know if I had you know sick rhymes oh they'd celebrate me then wouldn't they they'd want me to have a, a private jet then or walk around with all kinds of ice on and rolex on my arm oh man isn't that awesome that he had it? the moment you start preaching the gospel they don't want you to have anything the moment you start serving god they don't want you to have anything they can't shame me out of the blessing of god i'll not be shamed i'll not be shamed at all and I'm not saying, you know, there's people that put people down your house you know you don't have a there are people on the other side that are nut jobs there's people on the uh, on the side of prosperity that get so into it they do get into greed. And then they start saying stuff to you. Well, your house isn't big enough. You should believe God for a bigger house. Your house is not big enough. Yeah, read what Paul said about contentment, my friend. Because Paul said, I'm, "I've learned to be content in whatever state I find myself." If you're abounding, if you have more than enough, and that's like that's like me saying like how ridiculous it would be if it was just me and my wife living here and I had a three bedroom home and I had some guy come and say, you don't have big enough faith. You need to have a five bedroom home for what? I have more than enough as it is. I'm in excess. I'm literally living in excess. So there's people on both sides that get nutty about it. But understand, number one, I will not be shamed for having the blessing of God on my life. And you should not ever feel shamed for what God has blessed you with. Because remember this, nothing you got is from you. It's all from God. Nothing is from you. It's a dangerous thing. (laughs) It's a Teddy Thundergrass. It's a dangerous thing. There were no booty shorts in those videos, I, I can tell you. It's a dangerous thing to then think that you're the one that is the cause of your blessing or increase and you don't attribute it to God. You don't attribute it to the power of the Holy Ghost or his word. It's a dangerous thing to take God's glory and say it was you that put yourself in this position. It's not you and it's not me. God is the one. Let me read to you Psalm 75 verses 6 and 7. 
For not from the east or from the west and not from the wilderness comes the lifting up or promotion. But it is God who executes judgment, putting down one and lifting up another. So hear what I'm saying to you today. God's the one who brings the increase. God is the one, not man, God. If you're blessed, it's because God's been good to you. It's because God has been good to you. You should only give him the glory and all the praise. He decides who will rise and who will fall. Why? Promotion doesn't come from the east or the west or the south. Promotion comes from the Lord. Promotion comes from the Lord. And so if God's the one that gave you the blessing, if he's the one that put it in your hand, whatsoever, it's his system. Whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. If it's his system, he gives you the harvest. That's why the Bible calls him the Lord of the harvest. He's the Lord of the harvest. He's the one that brings you into harvest. Hallelujah. And you will be abundantly blessed. And let me tell you, when you are abundantly blessed, give God all the glory for it because he's the only one that could abundantly bless you. Remember that. So when somebody, and I'm saying this so that you understand what I, where I'm coming from, when I say that when somebody tries to shame you for what you believe or what you have, believe about the blessing or have, by the power of God. Don't ever sit there and say, yeah, you know, I guess I should feel bad because there's people that don't have. What, listen to me, what you have has nothing to do with what others don't have. What, I should stop receiving the blessings of God because there's others who reject the blessings of God? That's a foolish thought. I refuse to reject the blessing of God because others reject the blessing of God. I will, I will stay in covenant with God when others don't think it's important to stay in covenant with God. I will stay in obedience to his word when others don't think it's important to stay in obedience to his word. And as a result, God blesses faithfulness. Let me show you one more thing before we pray. Go to the book of Job 36. Listen to this. Job 36. <clears throat> and I'll read you one verse. You need to mark this verse up in your Bible and make sure that it's in front of your face. Job 36, 11. This is speaking in context to God himself. If they will listen and serve him, that's God. If they listen and serve him, they will spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasures. If they will only listen and serve him, him. They will spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasures. That's God's plan for you. Days of prosperity, years of pleasures. Days of prosperity, years of pleasures. In Jesus' name. Isaiah 119, if you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. You won't scrape by. You won't barely get by. You'll eat the good. Whatever the best is, that's what you'll be eating. Amen. Whatever the best is, that's what you'll be eating. If you're willing and obedient, if you'll only listen and obey, you'll spend your days in prosperity and your years in pleasures. I'll give you a final thought. It is faithfulness over a period of time that builds up favor in your account. Faithfulness over a period of time. 
It's seeds that you're sowing with your actions of your life. Everything you release from your life is a seed. Actions, words, financial offerings, whatever. Everything you release from your life is a seed. And that over time, that seed is literally, that faithfulness is bringing harvest after harvest after harvest. And it's increase after increase after increase after increase. And, and people look at me and they say, well, you know, that that's not fair. Well, let me tell you something. I'm a beneficiary of, you know, three generations or more of faithfulness to the covenant. And so I'm not going to look the same, obviously. It's like somebody who has been a farmer for 50 years and someone who starts their farming for the very first year. Your farm and what you do in, in, in your agriculture is not going to look the same in the first year as somebody that's been doing it for 50 years. It's not going to look the same. There are things that build up over time, over time. Faithfulness builds up over time. It's like the story of David, King David. He, he was faithful to God for so long that by the time he died, he had so many favors stored up in heaven that when you get to 2 Kings, 306 years after David was dead, God says to them, he says, I'm going to bless you, but not for your sake, but for my own sake and for my servant David's sake. What in the world does that mean? They're getting blessed because of David's faithfulness, but he's been dead for 300 years. Yeah, but he was so faithful to God, built up so much favor that God was still pulling favors out of his account 300 years later and blessing the people of Israel. Your faithfulness over time, you can store up favor in heaven for your children, for your grandchildren, and they will experience the blessing of God because of your faithfulness. It's like Timothy in the Bible. He experienced it because of it being passed down. Paul said, I, I saw this faith that's in you. It was first in uh, your grandmother, and then it was in your mother, and now it's in you. Lois, Eunice, you. It was in your family. Timothy was a beneficiary of generational faithfulness, generational blessing. So even if it's your first generation of, of Christianity in your home, nobody before you was a Christian, start with you and your kids will get in on second generation blessings, your grandkids on third generation blessing. And as the Lord, if the Lord tarries, it'll continue on. My kids are fourth generation now, and they're going to reap benefits that are far beyond what I ever reaped because it just continues to increase throughout time. Faithfulness is a seed that stores up favor for your family and your children will be blessed. You'll be blessed. This is the Holy Spirit that got me onto this today because I had a different thing planned to talk to you about, but the Lord put me on this from the very beginning and it's because you needed to hear it today by the power of God. God has a plan to bless you abundantly and take you into the overflow abundantly to the place where there's no lack, where there's no run out, where you will stand in overflow that will be clearly seen even by those that are considered unrighteous or anti-Christ people. And the Bible says that they will see the blessing on your life and they will become angry and grind their teeth in anger. That's fine with me. That is fine with me. And so let's pray because this is what we need. We're in a time where God's going to use us in a mighty way to impact the earth before time runs out. If God's going to use us that way, 
then think about this logically. Here's what the devil wants to do. The devil wants us to be so focused on us that we can never focus on other people. He wants us to be so focused on, oh man, I don't know what I can do. I got too much credit card debt. I got student loan debt. I got issues in my family. I got, and I got It's always focused on, I need help. I need help. I need help. God wants to bless you in such a way that you overflow, you abound, so you're looking for people to help. You're looking for people. It's not supposed to be all about you. It's supposed to be about you getting into the overflow, the excess, the blessing of heaven. And now I am a tool of heaven to change this earth by the force of the Holy Ghost. And so don't let the devil always try to keep you in a place where you feel like, oh, it's I got to get from next is crisis to crisis, issue to issue. No, begin to dominate by faith. And understand, God has a blessing for me that's so great, it will put me in a place of impact before Jesus comes back. That's my desire for you, that you step into a place of impact, that you are the blessing to your generation. You're not looking for a blessing. You are a blessing. I don't have needs. I meet needs in Jesus' name. That needs to be your confession. I don't have needs. I meet needs by the power of the Holy Ghost. And so let me pray for you. Father, in Jesus' name. I pray that this thing would get so real into their spirit that this would so get in them like a violent faith to take what you said is ours, that we will never again feel ashamed for being blessed. We'll never again feel ashamed for overflowing in your goodness, that we know who we are in Christ and have the ability to be a blessing in our generation. Make us bold. Let us boldly go after the goodness of God. Let us boldly go after our covenant and obtain the promises of God by faith in Jesus' mighty name. We thank you for it, Lord, and we give you glory, honor, and praise in Jesus' name. Here's my friend, Pastor Pete Padilla. I meet needs. That's right. That's right. Amen. Amen. Now, take that step and do it. How do you activate it? You activate it with a seed. What did I just get done preaching? Seed time and harvest will not cease. Seed time and harvest, as long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest will never cease. So what do you do? You faithfully step out. One of the things you're releasing from your life is you're releasing financial seeds. It's not just your words. It's not just your actions of faithfulness to the covenant. It's also the seeds that you sow. Because understand this, financial increase does not answer to anything else but financial seed. It doesn't answer to prayer doesn't answer to fasting, doesn't answer to church attendance. It answers to seed. A seed always reproduces after its own kind. So if you're believing for that financial increase and in blessing, it always comes from that financial seed being sown. And so that's how you have to step up and say, in the name of Jesus, I will overflow by the power of God. Many have already sown today, but what is the Holy Spirit asking you to do? Praise God, Jason. He said, I just destroyed sin in my life this morning. Thank you, Jesus. That's exciting. That's exciting. What is the Lord speaking to you to do? Because here's the question. If I'm going to be blessed, I have to be introspective and say, Lord, what do you want me to do? What instruction are you giving to me and leading me by your spirit to sow? Because I understand that's different for every person. Not There's not one person on this broadcast today that is at the same level as somebody else. Everyone's life is unique. And that's why with our unique lives 
and situations, we have to do what the Spirit of God tells us to do. Got to do what God tells you to do. And it has to take faith to do it. It has to take faith to do it. Why does it have to take faith? Did you know that God is not required to accept every offering that's given? Did you know that? Many people have never heard that before. God is not required to accept every offering that's given. If you go all the way back to Genesis, the Bible says God accepted Abel's offering, but he rejected Cain's offering. If you don't do the thing the Lord is speaking to you to do, see, anything that's outside of obedience, God can't receive it. God can't receive disobedience. But then go on further. If the thing you're doing is not attached to faith, what do I mean by that? If it doesn't take faith for you to do it, then it's not pleasing to God and God's not required to receive it. The Bible says without faith, it is impossible to please God. So understand everything we do for God has to be done by faith, including the seeds we sow into the kingdom. So here's what I'm asking you to do. Hear what the Holy Spirit is saying to you. Because let me tell you, this is what we're believing for. We are going into the overflow. Yes, Kristen, I do know. Uh, Kristen's asking, when we sow on Cash App, do you know who it is who's sending it? Yes, I can see the person's account or the, and the name of the person that's giving on Cash App and uh, the funny things that they write, Kristen. <laughs> I stood up the other day and uh, you saw that I had like a, suit, like a suit and tie on the top and on the bottom I had like jean shorts, which some call jorts. And uh, I, a certain someone, I won't say who it was, when they sowed their seed, wrote for the, for for jorts or a seed for the jorts ministry or something like that, <laughs> which made me laugh and Carolyn laughed. <laughs> but yeah, we can absolutely see who is sending it. But let me say this, because we are sending gifts out to people that are partnering. If you sow on something like Cash App or whatever, we have a page on our website called miracleword.com forward slash offer. The reason we ask you to go there is because certain uh, apps like Cash App do not give us your mailing address to send your gift. So that's why we ask you to let us know where you gave and what you gave and your address so that we know where to send your gift when we're sending it. And so, but I can see the name of the person that is sowing the seed though. And so if you'd like to do it, miracleword.com, you can do it on the website. Um, you can click the give page on the website. Also, Cash App and PayPal are available. You, the information's on the screen. And then Venmo is also available. It's the same username as Cash App. And as you know, if you're on Facebook or Periscope, Twitter, you can always use hashtag donate as others. Uh, I know, Kristen, it's been making me laugh. Kristen, are you the same Kristen Zeronis that I found on Facebook uh, as a Facebook friend? Are you the same or are you someone else? Are you the one or do we look for another? I know you said you're from California, but are you living in Pittsburgh right now? Because I think I know who I think I know who you are because I saw you on Facebook. Anyway, um, you can use hashtag donate as others have already done today and sowing their seeds. And so thank you. Thank you. And by the way, you know, and of course this is a we're coming to the end today and tomorrow, last two days of March. And so we're gonna be sending you, for those of you that sowed in March, this book by A.A. Allen, The Price of God's Miracle Working Power. Uh, one of the most powerful books in my library. I love it. This brought him into a miracle ministry and many others, it's done the same for their life. Jesus appeared to him in prayer, in time of prayer and fasting in his prayer closet and gave him a list of things he needed to do in his life to step into 
miracle ministry. This book is what Jesus told him. And this will be a massive blessing to you. We're going to send it to everybody that's standing with us at $85 or more uh, in the month of March as our gift to you. And then for everybody that's continually sowing a thousand, we've had a bunch of people this month that have stepped up and are sowing a thousand or more. To every person that does that, we've got these awesome genuine leather life application study Bibles uh, filled with notes. We're going we're gonna to say thank you by sending you one of these. I'll make it out to your family as well as the book. And uh, it's become one of my new favorite study tools. If you listened last night on the Spirit of Faith session, uh, I used some of the notes from that Bible. They're phenomenal. And uh, it'll help you to do better and more in-depth Bible study as well. So thank you to everybody that's giving. Thanks to those that are going on the website. And you know, we've had people that have been not only partnering with us, but in the last week we've had people um, Jenna told me now multiple people are writing in and increasing their partnership level with the ministry. And we say thank you to everybody that's doing that. And Carolyn and I prayed and said, Lord, would you connect us with at least a thousand people that would stand with us in partnership at at least $85 a month or more that would believe with us for this earth to be impacted by the gospel before Jesus comes back. And I believe he's coming very soon. And our prayer is that God would attach us to a thousand, what we're calling mighty men and women. You know, David had mighty men that were attached to him that did supernatural things. And I'm believing that those that are connected to this ministry are mighty men and women that will do supernatural things. And so I want you to pray about it and ask the Lord, am I to be one of those people that is going to stand in partnership with Ted and Carolyn as they do what the Lord has asked them to do. Pray and ask. You may not be one of the ones, but if you are, if the Holy Spirit speaks to you, um, I want you to go and do that on the website. You can click the partner button and you can fill out a form that monthly you can sow your seed and stand with us in partnership. And let me say how much I appreciate and love you. And we pray for you on a weekly basis. All of our friends and partners, we do. And that's why I ask you to text me. If you guys don't, I ask you to do that so I can pray for you by name, and get your prayer requests. Helps us to stay in touch. Kristen said, I was living in Pittsburgh. Now I'm in Portland. Um, oh, I see. Oh, okay. I got you. Oh, that's interesting. So I wasn't there at the church at Champion Christian Center, but you attended. And in the bookstore, you saw my book uh, being displayed in the bookstore. And that's how you found out about the ministry. That makes sense. That's awesome. Well, I'm glad you're connected. Thank you for being on the broadcast. It means a lot. And you've got us laughing. <laughs> you've got Carolyn and I laughing. We appreciate that very much. We love you guys so much. Don't forget, by the way, the brand new faith course is available at Miracle Word University, Mountain Moving Faith. Almost five hours of teaching that you get to keep on your phone, tablet, laptop, whatever. You can do it at your own pace. This has been the most successful course we've ever launched in the school uh, most attended, uh, I would say quickest amount of time, people just signed up. And this is a perfect time to get in on this course right now. Uh, all the courses are only $69 for about five hours of teaching in each course, but we did something special for you. We bundled all four of the courses that are currently available and gave you one of them for free. 28% off, only $199, you get 20 hours of teaching, and then you can even do that in a payment plan of four months, $50 a month. And uh, you'll get, and you get these forever. You get to keep them on your phone. You can watch them on the phone, the tablet, leave comments, interact with other students. We'll answer your questions. It will 
bless you in a massive way and build your faith and prep you for what God is uh, literally calling you to do. And so I want to say a big thanks to everybody that's a part of Miracle Word University. We love you. Appreciate you very much. I'll be back tonight. I'll be back tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern time for Spirit of Faith sessions. Letty got her bundle and she's already in. I think she just started pneumatology. Letty's on Facebook. She said uh, that she just started pneumatology one and she's excited and enjoying the courses. They're great courses. They'll help you. We're getting ready to release more uh, courses into the university as well as worship courses as well for people that want to learn to play the keyboard. Uh, And that'll be a huge blessing to you guys too. I'm going to finish today by uh, playing a video of a prayer of faith that I prayed. Receive it uh, over your family as well. And then I'll be back tonight, 7 p.m. Don't miss it. I'll see you Eastern time. If you're watching from around the world, New York City time, I'll be back 7 o'clock. I love you guys. Have a great day. We'll talk to you soon. So lift those hands. I declare tonight by the power of God that whatever harassed your people, Lord, before tonight, we come against it by the mighty fire of the Holy Ghost and the blood of Jesus Christ. I take authority over sickness and disease that would plague every household. Cancer cells must shrivel. Diabetes must go. Arthritis must go. Glaucoma must go. High blood pressure has to return to normal. Every sickness, every disease, every spirit of infirmity, it is cursed tonight and it has to go in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now, Lord, I declare every spirit of depression every spirit of anxiety, panic, and fear that would trouble the mind of God's precious people. I pray tonight that you would blow your breath from heaven and remove depression, remove anxiety, remove fear, ADD, ADHD, every problem of the mind. Blow it out of our way tonight, never to come back again. And I lose peace that passes all understanding. I lose joy like a river to come on God's people tonight. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Father, I pray for every man and every woman who's believing for financial increase. Those that have sown and they've been tithing and they've been faithful to the kingdom. Lord, tonight we ask you to send angels to get a hold of our harvest and quickly bring it back to our house. We declare 2019 will not be a year that's marked by lack, not enough, or poverty, or bankruptcy, or debt. This is a year of increase. This is a year of favor. This is a year of prosperity. This is a year of blessing. This is a year of overflow. And we receive it tonight in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Father, I pray now for every family member that's not serving the Lord. Everyone that is lost in sin, that has not come to God, we declare it. 2019 is a year that we will have household salvation. Unsaved husbands are coming into the kingdom in Jesus' name. Unsaved wives are coming into the kingdom. Our children will serve the Lord. Our grandchildren will serve the Lord. 
So Lord, we say now, send the convicting power of the Holy Spirit to every heart, to every life, whatever they're doing, Lord, arrest their attention, arrest their heart, and Lord, pull them into the kingdom of God. Let this be the year that we can shout, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We declare that we receive household salvation in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Lift your hand. Many of you, you have family members that are struggling with addictions. Prescription medication addiction. Alcohol addiction. Nicotine addiction. Drug addiction. Pornography addiction. Sex addiction. Tonight we're going to pray that God will break every chain, open every prison door, and let the oppressed go free. Can you shout amen? There's people in this church, maybe you love the Lord, but you've not been able to quit smoking. You've still been smoking every day and can't seem to get free. Many of you, nicotine's got you bound. Maybe alcohol, tonight's the last night in Jesus' name. This is not a 21-step process. This is a one-step process called the fire of the Holy Ghost. So with every hand lifted, I take authority over every addicting spirit that would try to latch on to the lives of God's precious people. Lord, we command it now to go. Nicotine addiction, alcoholism, drug addiction, prescription medication addiction, pornography addiction, sex addiction, we curse it now and command it loose its grip by the power of the Holy Ghost in Jesus name in Jesus name final prayer tragedy will not be your story accident will not be your story I'm going to pray now that God put a hedge of protection around your family You'll not get a call at 3 in the morning. Your son's been found overdosed in the local crack house. You'll not get a call from the police. Your son's been found in a deadly, fatal car crash. Accident is not your story. Calamity is not your story. The protection of God is your story. I said the protection of God is your story. So one more time, would you lift those hands? Lord, in Jesus' name, we thank you that tonight... You put a hedge of protection around our families, around our children, and our grandchildren. Our story will not be somebody else's story. We declare no accident will take us out. No calamity will take us out. The murderous actions of a terrorist will never take us out. We'll never be found in a school shooting. We'll never be found in a plane crash, car crash. We'll never be found overdosed in an alley somewhere. Every evil thing sent by the devil is sent back to where it came from. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Now shout if you believe it. Shout yeah. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.